Welcome to the Millennial Reset Podcast, stories of everyday millennials that are redefining success and happiness. Those that have decided to face those subconscious limiting beliefs head on and take the path less traveled to hit reset. Stories that inspire you to take the leap to pursue the passions, dreams, and goals of your inner child and not the expectations of society. If you're new here, welcome. You found your people. I'm your host, Peter Goose, burnt out millennial turned human design and mindset coach. And it's now my mission to create a space to have the conversations out loud around millennial burnout and mindset and inspire and empower my fellow millennial besties to decondition from the programs that keep so many of us stuck and rediscover your most authentic identity. Or in other words, the millennial reset. And I'm so glad you're here. All right, welcome to another episode of the Millennial Reset Podcast. I am so thrilled to have my guest on today, Sarah Playstead. Sarah went from working in the Fortune 400 healthcare industry to now being a Reiki healer practitioner. So Sarah, thank you so much for being part of the Millennial Reset Podcast and welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love all your videos and what you're doing. It's just so relatable. So I'm glad Thank you. Um, Well, yeah, I think the conversations are beginning to happen more and more, which is what this podcast is all about. Um, So let's dive right into things, Sarah. One of the big things with the Millennial Reset is it's all about redefining success and happiness and stepping into this more authentic identity. So talk to us a little bit about who is Sarah Playstead? What makes up your identity today? Yeah, yeah. So that's been the fun part is, um, you know, kind of finding that out. And I, I really... I feel like I'm almost as close as I can get to like my best version of myself as a child. Like I feel like today I'm really able to get back to that creativity. So like all things, music, sound, I do sound healing. I love Mm. just being able to buy um, like a rain stick or like a random little drum or something, you know, here and there, those kind of little things that my inner child loves, you know, mm-hmm. and um, so that creativity and just really being present and getting out in nature and um, spirituality has been a big part of it too. That's really what makes me happy. That's kind of been like my passion recently. What's really like driving me. Yeah. I love that. It's, it's such a huge part of our identities that we just forget about, right? That inner child is always in there, mm-hmm. somewhere deep down in there, but it just gets buried by the need to, you know, compete in the rat race and survive out there. But when you get back in touch with it, the things that you begin to learn or relearn about yourself, right? Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, all right. So let's rewind a little bit then. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, with your journey today, you've gotten into this whole spiritual journey. You're now doing Reiki, but talk, and am I saying that right? Reiki or is it Reiki? Reiki. Reiki. Okay. You can tell how, how. Uh... Well, I think you did say it right. I don't know. Okay. Maybe Reiki journey. But before this journey of stepping into Reiki healing, uh, you worked in corporate 400 in healthcare. So take us back, let's say like two years ago, right? Where were you two years ago and what caused you to kind of realize that, oh my gosh, I am burnt the frack out and I need to change? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, um, so I worked at home uh, for about three years. So two years ago, I would have been about a year into working at home. And mm-hmm. um, I, that would have been right around the same time when I was needing to plan my next career move and 
uh, I was kind of trying to just dip my toes in, but then apparently, you know, I did great. And so I got a promotion and it was wonderful. And then I realized like, it's funny because even that interview, the person that did the interview had to ask my other boss, is she sure? Because he said that I didn't sound sure. And I was like, yeah, I'm sure. But I knew on the inside, I wasn't sure Mm. because it just started to not feel like what I wanted to do forever. Um, But I did. I did it anyway. And I was great at it. I loved it. It got to meet all kinds of great people. It was a wonderful experience and a wonderful company even. But uh, it just started to feel like I was just doing what everybody else wanted me to do, you know, mm. and it's like, well, what do, what do I even want? And then when I found this spirituality um, and it was right around three years ago, but I actually started my business and Reiki and things like that closer to two years ago. And yeah. I, um, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is like the best, you know, just really set my soul on fire. And I was like, I want to do this all the time. It almost like, became an obsession, but really looking back, it was just because that's my passion. And um, so it was like every spare second that I had, that's what I wanted to fill my time with. And I started taking classes, um, doing like an angel membership through Julie Jancis that I learned from um, Mm. that, you know, I listened to her podcast. And so all these things started falling into place where I had this starting to grow on the side, this like calling and passion, but then, society and everything tells me I have to have this regular job. I have to have a nine to five. I have to have benefits. I have to have a steady income, you know, got to have this identity. And it's like, says who like, you know, and just made me start really thinking. Yeah. And we, we talked a little bit about this before um, as well, but I love what you brought up too about like this whole idea of, any time that you're getting ready to make a change in your life, being prepared for the ego to then begin to create the narratives in your mind that tell you I'm not good enough or I can't do this right. And I think like what you're getting at here is like the distinction between the soul and the ego, right? And you have a choice every single day of which one you listen to, Mm -hmm. um, which is what I love about, yeah. I think you, I want to say you did a video on it, um, maybe on TikTok, but like, I totally agree with you that while some of it may have been burnout and, you know, we talked a little bit about like my, my diagnosis and things like that. But ultimately I think what it was is it was my soul just screaming at me, like, go do what you want to do. Like, yes. life is short. and I was just thinking I was getting burnt out, but you know, I just wasn't getting any joy from it. But really it's almost like that same thing. You'll feel those like, almost like two wolves or, you know, two wars going on. I kept saying, I feel like I have two wars going on or, yes. and, and you just kept like feeling those two feelings and it's hard. It's hard to break through that because everything yeah. tells you, you can't really yep. kind of everything. Everything's like, no, you can't do that. Uh huh. Yeah. It, it's, it's this whole idea of like, you know, it's one thing to be burnt out because of your work environment, toxic work culture and whatnot, but it's like a whole other thing when it's an identity thing, right? Where yeah. what you do and who you are are no longer a match. And it's like, okay, that's, yeah. that's the change moment. Yeah. Um, I was like, everybody loved me at work, you know, and I loved yeah. it and it was all positive, but, yeah. it, but all of that aside, how did I feel? Yes. I felt awful. 
I felt awful yeah. and nobody would have known it. You know what I mean? That's, that's the power of, you know, being able to put on a brave face and everything, but it's like, no, but at the end of the day, how do you feel? That's what actually matters. Like if you feel like crap on the inside, then it's not worth it. Yeah, totally. Uh, and, and you talked a little bit about this before too, but I want you to share with the audience as well of like, what was that moment for you that like broke the camel's back? where you were like, okay, there's no going back now. Like, this is now the direction that I'm moving in. Um, I think that I, I've, I've found myself to keep like pushing, pushing it back, pushing it back, like pushing my dreams down and like, it'll go away or whatever, like just waiting it out. And, yeah. and it never went away and it kept coming back up and I kept getting, I kept getting signs. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of people that I have met that make a point to tell me uh, that they were in, they were, they had a um, micro uh, microbiology degree. They yeah. were in like banking. They were in like, you know, this or that and left and then started and became a successful massage therapist or astrologer or Reiki therapist. I mean, all these people that I kept meeting, I'm like, okay, well, if they can do it, why can't I do it? You know, yeah. and I just started like, realizing that like okay people have done this before it's just people don't talk about that so I kind of started looking stories up and looking for stories of people that like beat all the odds or whatever uh -huh. and a lot of really successful people have done that and yeah. so then it's like well maybe like maybe that's worth the risk and um and thankfully so far it has been I mean I've only not been you know it's only been like a month uh but mm -hmm. so far so good yeah, that and then and then also the uh, big part was in October of last year, I got diagnosed with ADHD. And mm. that I think was really like eye opening for me, too, because I yeah. like I knew that I was a hard worker. Right. But I didn't realize really to what extent I was just really people pleasing and masking and doing what everybody said I should be doing and trying yeah. to live up to society's standards at the expense of myself, you know, yes. like totally at the expense of myself. I mean, aside from financially, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it, there becomes that awareness. I was talking about this the other day with somebody on the podcast of like, there becomes that awareness eventually where it's like, you begin to say, wait a second, all of the things that are like out here that I'm chasing are not actually what I really want. Like what I really want is to feel a different way, to feel joy, to feel happiness. And it's like, when you realize in that moment and reach that level of awareness, then it's like everything else just kind of naturally falls into place for you because it's like you become more aware to say, wait a second, is what I'm doing right now, is what I'm putting my focus on going to make me feel that way? And if it's not, then why the crap am I still doing it, you know? But I think yeah. we get caught up in that same mindset that you're just talking about, right? Is like, as millennials, we're programmed from birth for competition. We're programmed to people please. We're programmed to overcommit. And again, that's kind of like that ego part of us that begins to take over. And But the moment that you begin to just hear out that little tiny voice inside called the soul or your inner child, mm -hmm. everything begins to shift. Yeah. And I think that's been, that's like a big thing. Like we were saying, like through the spiritual heal. And it's like, I really have come to realize, even though I don't catch it all the time, but sometimes I will, that as soon as I have that like intuitive thought or that calling, then like immediately like clockwork after is going to come 
that hand, you know, all those daggers of self-doubt and Mm -hmm. fear and why you can't do it. And like, so what I'm trying to do anyway, is just really get used to trusting my intuition and everything I do, like a thousand percent. Like if I, I'm talking, if I watch a show and I feel inspired by that person, I'll send them an email and ask if I can work with them one day. I'm talking like, like, I love that. It's like, go for it because like, what's going to happen? What's the worst thing that's going to happen? To take all those things that made me great in the corporate world, which is networking and, you know, um, emotional intelligence and people skills and positivity, all those things. And then like put it in a ball and make it work for what I'm doing now, you know, yes, for your goals and dreams. Yeah. I mean, you can look at it as like, maybe it, it was a dead end job, but I don't think of it that way at all. Like I think of it as a, a stepping stone because I had to push myself to do that last role that I did yeah. and be on camera all the time and be in leadership and um, all that stuff. All that mm-hmm. stuff is definitely still helping me today. Like I had to, I don't know if I could have done it. Um, if I hadn't pushed myself at my corporate job and taken that last promotion, like I said, even when I was second guessing like crazy and apparently it was at least a little clear that I was unsure about it, but I took that job anyway and did it and then proved yeah. myself I'm doing it. But all the while I kept thinking, this is so hard. When is it going to get easier? And it never got easier. Yeah. I just realized, okay, well, I faced that fear. I faced that fear like a million times um, of putting myself out there and fighting my anxiety and stuff like that. And so it really taught me so much that I'm going to use now still, you know, every day. Yeah, Totally. Yeah, I mean, it's like that that voice of the ego, right? The fears, the narratives, they're gonna happen. There's no mm-hmm. getting away from that, right? It's just becoming aware that they're there and that it's not actually you. It's just the voices of the program since birth or mm-hmm. the beliefs that we still hold on to that create those narratives. And again, it's like, once you realize that, it's like, oh yeah, I don't actually have to listen to that voice. <laughs> I don't yeah. have to have that voice dictate my next steps. Yeah, and I and love- Oh yeah, go ahead. Ego and ego and fear, I think, are like the two like biggest things. Oh, yeah. I think that we've just been so. I mean, and it works for some things, right? It gets you through some yeah. things. But, Helps you to survive. But you just like, I just realized, like, I think I was making almost every decision almost out of fear of some sort. Yeah. And so now, like I'm saying, I'm trying to trying to learn how to make my decisions out of only love and intuition and not do anything out of fear. Like mm-hmm. if I, if I'm doing something because I'm afraid, then, you know, it's like, well, that's not the right reason to be doing something. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And I, I love this part of your story too, where you talk about like some of these sabotaging beliefs that you had to break through and break down in order to really like step into this authentic version of yourself. And one of the things that you talked about so powerfully was this whole idea of how we grow up and get into an adult, uh, get into adulthood, and we begin to compare ourselves to others. We begin to measure our self worth based on the job title. And when you know, somebody comes up to you and asks you, what do you do, it becomes like that moment of pride to be able to kind of tell them all the things that you've accomplished. Talk a little bit more with us about that. What were some of those like specific beliefs that you held on to? And how did that show up for you? Yeah, so I, I think that, um, that it's kind of 
kind of twofold. So like my sobriety and my uh, time in corporate America, both were side by side. So I started mm-hmm. my job in corporate America two at two months sober. Um, and so I totally like built my whole life up from, you know, rock bottom or whatever you want to call it uh, while also working. So all of my identity as a sober productive member of society um, was wrapped up in this job. And so it was a lot to untangle. Like I really didn't know who I was without that. Um, and so whenever I I got, I guess basically I, in my mind, what I was thinking was I got sober, I got this job and then I started making money and it started, you know, doing these things and get promotions. And in my mind, I thought that was making my in-laws who I love and adore accept me more because Mm. they all have um master's degrees or lawyers or doctors they're teachers they have you know i mean name it right and yeah i was sitting at that dinner table before this job feeling really insecure once i got this job that was my way of being like look i am successful too and i didn't know and it like was this weird like pride thing where i was like, now I'm going to see how far can I get in this company without a degree, Um, you know, while my husband's doing his master's program and almost graduating, right? But it like became this challenge to myself and my ego, my ego, really. uh, I was like, I'm going to prove to everybody that I'm better at this and, you know, all these things. But whenever I started thinking about like, who am I? It was like, I have no idea. I really Mm -hmm. didn't know. And one thing I'll say that is really, really sticks out in my mind is that whenever my dad passed away in 2020, you know, we like had to go through his stuff or whatever. Right. Anyway, mm-hmm. I came across um, some of the old VHS tapes and I had seen them before, but it was like my home movies as a kid. Yeah. And it was even like, you know, teenager, just me just being like pretty much my most like authentic self. And I was like, I just had this deal. I was like, how do I get back to that? Like, how do I get back to that? Oh my gosh, you're giving me chills because she just doesn't give a crap. Like she doesn't care and she doesn't self doubt and she doesn't like worry about. And I'm like, I've got to get back to that. And so I think like once I saw that, then I was like, okay. And so I've been trying to get back to that. But it's not, you know, it's not possible to get back to that because, you know, that's impossible. But really at the core, like that's the core, what I yeah. do now. Yeah. Like yeah. I can just, I mean, honestly, it's helped me. I, I took the clock out of my kitchen. Like that. I try not to be like on a schedule at all. That's yeah. what me feel free. Like not having somebody else plan my day out for me yeah. from sun up to sundown. I'm doing everything for everybody else. Nope. Yeah. I'm my own time. This is, this is like one of the things that I realized that was so powerful for me, right? Is like, we have a default operating mode, especially as millennials of defining our worth based on that job title, using that job title to validate our self-worth. And when you step out of that moment, when the job is no longer there, when whether whether it's your choice or not, right? A lot of people got laid off during COVID and went into this kind of crisis mode because it's like, wait a second, who am I when the job title is stripped away? But yeah, when you when you begin to step into that version of you when the job title's gone, 
that's where the discovery comes, right? And it's scary as shit because then you have to you have to remember who it is that you are. But yeah. I love what you said about the videotapes too, because I had the same experience. Like my mom will always show these, you know, videos of when we were kids and we go home for the holidays and whatnot. And every time I watch them, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's who I am deep mm -hmm. down somewhere in there. And I've just forgotten about it, right? Um, it's almost like self-therapy when you watch these old videos yeah. of yourself where it's yeah, like, oh it really was. yeah, yeah, I was thinking, I'm like, I should go back and watch it again. But yeah, it was that. And then, and then like, I think why I took a week off before I actually quit or actually left. Um, and anyway, I had, I had this recording of where I had had a session with a medium, um, a year prior. And uh -huh. I was, I really, my, my angels are funny. I realized like all of a sudden I, I got this recorder out of my closet and was like called to listen to it. And I listened to it and it was almost to the day a year ago. And I was saying all the same things, how I wanted to do my business. I wasn't sure if I could do it. It wasn't sure if, you know, this job was right for me and all these things about how I wanted to do the healing and the spiritual mm -hmm. stuff, but I couldn't because I needed to do all these things. I had bills to pay and we were going to get a new house, all this stuff. And it was like, oh, my God, Sarah, you've been saying this for a whole damn year. <laughs> and so that was when I was like, OK, it's been a year now. If it's yeah. not better and that feeling hasn't gone away, then hello, you got to do something different. Like, yeah. And it was like a couple of those things. I'm like, man, I really have been like sitting and just sitting on this for forever. And yeah, I got to do something about it. <laughs> That's so amazing. So inspiring. And yeah, it's just it's. It just, it amazes me the more and more that I'm doing these podcast interviews of, again, just how similar these stories all are to each other of just, we have lost touch with our true authentic identities. Yeah. Um, but Sarah, what I love about your story is now where you are today, you've grown so much, you've stepped into this kind of new authentic version of you. Tell us a little bit about like, what, what defines success and happiness for you today? Mm, I think, um, the happiness part, I really enjoy being able to like just be present as much as possible. And it's kind of funny because sometimes with ADHD, because again, that was only like 10, it was only, you know, however many months ago, six mm -hmm. months ago or something. And so not having a set schedule and then also learning how to like get to know my ADHD and stuff and like having all this free time is kind of like a fun thing because I can get distracted and go from room to room and, and it, nobody's going to get mad. I'm not going to, yeah. nobody's like, why are you signed on or anything? <laughs> and it's just like this whole, like, uh, maybe like, you know, just restriction that's just like taken off. So I think I really enjoy just being able to do whatever I want almost like every day. Like I don't yeah. have, plan it out. I just get up. I have a, you know, I have a list of things um, that I want to work on, but just having that freedom to do what I'd like. So if I have a day where I wake up and I'm really drained, you know, I don't have to do a ton. Yeah. If I have a day where I wake up and I want to do all the things, I can go do all the things. And, yeah. and just trying to like get to know myself and really solitude. So yes. I live in the middle of nowhere. So I'm lucky. I have a lot of solitude. I've got nature, um, you know, and I, uh, 
took myself out to get ice cream, you know, yesterday and um, made a nail appointment for today. Like I just do things like random things during the mm-hmm. day, at, like a nail appointment at three o'clock on a you know Wednesday. It's like, what? So yeah. just those little things actually kind of is to me like a little I get I get my power back, you know, right. I think some of us, so many of us, myself included, um, get so uncomfortable with loneliness. But I think the reason that we are so uncomfortable is because we don't know who that person is that we're lonely with that person that is us. And it's that struggle of trying to figure out like, Oh gosh, the only person that I have to talk to right now is to myself. What are we going to talk about? (laughs) Mm -hmm. But you're right. Like you you go to get ice cream by yourself. You go to get coffee by yourself and you just be present in that moment with like your inner child. So yeah. I mean, when all else fails, you can always just go wander around a thrift store or something. That's always Um, well, Sarah, I absolutely love your story and I want to give you a chance right now before we end things to talk a little bit about your website and what you're doing now with, uh, Reiki. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's been my big focus is, um, just kind of building my business and doing it locally. Um, but also I'm able to do, uh, sessions virtually so I can do like Zoom or FaceTime. Um, and I do angel Reiki. So that's where I, uh, use the help of the archangels to magnify my healing power and um, channel through messages that your soul needs to hear a lot of a lot of inner child work mm. sometimes comes up there um, and just really like tune into what your soul needs to hear and my gift is that I am like a channel and so I won't necessarily always remember exactly what I say but I channel through prayer during my session so yeah. I'll usually pray over like each chakra and, um, and do meditation. And I also do, um, sound healing and play the quartz crystal bowls. So that's been really fun. The sound healing is a big part of my happiness right now. Like being able to just kind of like play around and make music and, you know, just do fun stuff like that. That creative side really brings me so much joy. So Mm -hmm. it's building my business, but it's also building my, you know, my identity and my my creative side back after not getting to do that for a while exactly i love that and where can people find out more about uh your offerings and what you do your website yeah so the name of my business is serenity healing with sarah and so that's also my website so serenity healing with sarah.com and um you can book online but i also do um offer like 15 minutes um free energy consultation. So if you wanted to just like ask about what might be a good fit or ask what you might need work on or just ask questions, anything like that, I'm always open to that too, because that's part of it is just letting people know more about it. Yeah. Love that. Uh, Well, Sarah, we'll be sure to post that uh, when we post the podcast episode, we'll post the website so that people can easily find you. But um, super appreciate you coming on today and sharing your story. It's so inspiring. And I'm sure that so many others are going to resonate with all all of the different parts of your story. So thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. And I think it's awesome facilitating this because there are so many people that need to hear that there's uh, other people out there going through it and, and making it through it, you know. Exactly, so. exactly. 
All right, Sarah. Well, thanks again. And thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, be sure and share far and wide with all of your millennial besties so that we can spread the word, right? That is not just you or me. And we can begin to have the conversations out loud. So be sure you can visit www.themillennialreset.com to learn more and subscribe to the podcast. And be sure to tune in next time for The Millennial Reset. Hey, Millennial Besties. If you're one of the millions of millennials experiencing burnout right now, yes, we're officially being dubbed the burnout generation, then it's important to know that number one, you're not alone. And number two, there are solutions out there. After years of struggling with burnout myself, I discovered two very unconventional secrets that created a huge shift for me. That was human design and neuro-linguistic programming. Human design allows you to get back in touch with your genetic blueprint and rediscover your most authentic identity. And neuro-linguistic programming gives you the tools to reprogram any limiting and sabotaging beliefs that may be holding you back from living out your true potential and identity. This unique combination and framework of human design and mindset work is what has allowed me and so many others to hit reset and start creating a life of less resistance and more ease and joy. So if you're wondering what you can do to get unstuck from the constant stress and anxiety of burnout mode, be sure to visit www.themillennialreset.com and start creating your plan to start living a life that happens for you instead of to you.